0: Good morning, and welcome to Walk & Talk. This is episode four. Um had a weekend in between this one and the last one. I think I'm going to start by trying to do this uh, every weekday morning. And I've found success in the past with various daily habits of going for the weekdayly option, um, leaving the weekends more uh, unscheduled and without all my routines and things like that, just to uh, keep some variance in the schedule, I guess. And there's always plans that can come up on weekends and things like that and travel and just a little bit easier. Um, I've done the same thing with, you know, how I eat, for example, try to be reasonable during the week and then on the weekends kind of do whatever and go eat out and do whatever i want um for the most part so we'll try that again here um this is labor day weekend actually so a lot of people have off today maybe everyone in the u.s at least um officially at least but i'm doing more of an international thing and uh so i'll I'll be working today um i guess i probably don't have to if i don't want but uh might as well get to it. Um, I think I will start today. I don't have anything pressing in mind to talk about, so I'll, I'll start going after some of those uh, audience questions that came in through the uh, AMA posts that I did on Twitter and Farcaster. Um, let's just check my notes for one of those. So I'll do um, the first one that actually came in chronologically. This one, uh, this question's from 0xastro at 0xastro98 on Twitter. Um, And he's been following me for some time. I've seen his name coming around and exchanged some DMs uh, over the last year or two and seems like a good guy. I think he's building something. uh, Doing something called Flashmates or something like that. So go check him out. Uh, His question is how do you reach out to folks for coming on your podcast? You have a lot of big names as guests on your podcast. I guess the uh, second part was a compliment, not a question. I was just reading it. But the first part was a question. So basically, how do I get my podcast guests? And uh, Astro is referring to you know my main podcast here, Pod of Jake, which you can go check out on uh, Apple or Spotify or YouTube or wherever you want. That's P-O-D space O-F space... J A K E, um, and that's where I do pretty standard format one-on-one conversations between myself and whoever I'm interested in talking about. I have a lot of people from the crypto space, as well as people working on longevity, things like city building, authors, DJs, politicians. Um, you know, you might find some interesting names that you recognize on there. Uh, and he's asking this and some other people have asked me this because, um, you know, I don't want to toot my own horn or anything, but there's a huge car situation that just unfolded near me, not in a dangerous way, but a lot of beeping. So I don't know if you heard that, but, uh, interrupted my train of thought a little bit, but, uh, yeah, so I think in my, uh, you know, just honest, Opinion, like if I were to see and I'm I am a bit biased because I am myself. So naturally, I'm interested in the people that I'm interested in, um, whereas I may not be interested in the people that someone else might be interested in interviewing and getting on the show. They might be getting the best people possible for themselves, um, but they're not all that interesting to me or whatever. But anyway, you know, I, I think from my own perspective, for my first 113 guests or whatever it's been so far. It's hard for me to find another, um, podcast with a guest list that's as interesting a collection of folks as my own, um, until you get to, you know, really popular ones, uh, really successful ones like, uh, Joe Rogan or maybe Lex Friedman and people like that. Um, but even some shows with, Surprisingly, you know, a lot more distribution and listeners than than mine. I look at their guest list, and I wouldn't trade my own for it any day of the week. I've just been extremely fortunate to have really some amazing people, and uh, they're the types of people that I'm interested in. And, and I think the common thread between them all is, I think, of most all of them at least as being like pretty extraordinary. Like they're not just sort of uh, you know everyone's unique. Uh, and everything like that but these people have achieved um, really th- they they haven't all achieved meaningful success yet but they either have or they're working on something that's pretty extraordinarily ambitious um, or sort of took a, a very unique path in life and things like this and uh, you know you could go after a list of podcast guests looking for extraordinary people and come up with a list that's entirely different than my own. Um, you can, you know, there's a lot of extraordinary people in the world just by default of the fact that there's 8 billion of us. But, uh, anyway, I like the guest list and it seems to resonate with a certain, probably relatively small group of people on, you know, the internet and around the world as well who are interested in, uh, some of the same stuff as I am and some of the same people as I am. Um, so the question is, you know, how do I go about getting all of these guests? Um, you know, I, I actually don't, I don't know whether this is evident or not, but like I don't have any real, I didn't have a pre-existing connectivity within this world, whether it's crypto or anything else. Um, you know, my background was in, traditional finance, investment banking and like I know people from work there and, you know, met some people elsewhere as well, obviously, but didn't really have a network in the traditional tech world or the crypto world that was emerging or anything like that. But um I think that's encouraging for someone to hear, hopefully, because you don't need anything to start. Um you just, you know, take it one day at a time and get one guest at a time and over time with persistence you can build a uh pretty serious guest list if you um you know if you want to and uh but you have to really want to so that's sort of I guess the the first tip or response to the question of how do I get all of these guests like I'm I was very motivated to uh you know not just start a podcast but do a uh you know, have a great podcast, and um, to me, from my time and experience being a listener of podcasts, um, the most important thing for me was always the guests, so I, I don't know actually if this is a common thing, and it very well might not be, but I would always find the podcast that I wanted to listen to by searching for a person, uh, at least most of the time. And so there's not, like, any one podcast that I follow religiously, listen to every episode or anything close to that. There's probably no podcast out there that I've listened to more than, I don't know, 10% of all of the episodes, and that number gets way smaller the more popular it is. Like There's some sort of niche podcast out there that I might have listened to a few episodes of, but um, besides those, I probably haven't listened to more than 1% of the episodes of most um like for example uh you know rogan's got a few thousand episodes i've probably listened to like 10 or 20 probably closer to 20. um and then like pomp podcast is another one i've probably listened to i don't know 10 or 15 out of several hundred that he's done um lex friedman Lex Friedman might be a decent ratio, actually, because I think he only has a few hundred, like 300. And uh, I've probably listened to 10 or 15 of those as well. So but most of the time I listen to, uh, like I said, I search for a guest that I want to listen to. And I tend to sort of get, you know, go on a, uh, a binge of a particular guest where I listen to a few or several episodes that they're on. Um, You know, consecutively, not like all in one sitting or anything, but over the course of a week or two or longer or whatever it is. And, um, almost like watching a TV show or something like that. And, uh, you know, so I'll search something like, uh, you know, Peter Thiel. And it's not a great example, actually, because he doesn't do a ton of, uh, podcasts. has, Has hardly really done any. But if you search his name on the podcast app, you'll find, the few or several podcasts that he has done over the last decade or whatever it's been. And then, um, you'll find like, there's a show I believe called teal talks that, uh, has, you know, collected some of his talks, like speeches from, I don't know, YouTube or wherever they get them and uploaded them. So there has gotta be at least a dozen talk tracks that are pretty, you know, high quality and interesting and everything. And so, I'll go and I'll listen to all those and then I'll search the next person and I'll go and maybe they were on this show and that show and I'll listen to them all over the place. And I think in doing that and and in that being the way that I sort of search for podcasts and and by the way, that's, that was part of, I don't know if I knew this when I started the podcast, but that sort of style of listening to podcasts actually really um, lends itself well to, doing a podcast, a weekly podcast, because, um, you know, let's say I, I didn't listen to podcasts at all, I just wanted to make one, well, then I would be missing out on all of these podcasts that my guests had done previously, where there's like amazing nuggets of information. A lot of times people will talk about things off the cuff that they wouldn't necessarily publish, and there's also a lot of people who don't publish any sort of writing really at all, so podcasts is sort of like the only... Way to sort of get inside their head and, uh, you know, hear what they have to say and learn about what they're interested in talking about before you go and have a conversation with them. And then, secondarily to that, not only do I listen to podcasts a lot, um, well, it sort of goes up and down, but generally I listen quite a bit, I'd say, um, almost always when I'm either running or walking. And, uh, and, uh, the fact that I, I liked, you know, even before I had a podcast listening to a guest over and over, uh, not like the same episode, but listening to the same guest, like I said, um, for several episodes of podcast listening in a row, sort of naturally lent itself towards where I am now, where, um, instead of just thinking of someone to look up, I basically focus on whoever my next guest is for however long it is between one episode and the next, usually about a week. And, uh, listen to podcasts that they've done, and it sort of naturally lends itself to my preparation process, and uh, I really feel that I get to know a person quite well through listening to a few or several podcasts with them, uh, especially if you compare it to, like, not not compared to as if I knew them in person or something like that, but compared to... you know, just following their Twitter or uh reading about what the mainstream media has to write about them or whatever it might be, um, looking at the company website. And I do all those things as well, but um, it's a helpful aspect for preparation. But anyway, um, you know, how do I actually get them? I uh the short answer is uh I cold email uh or DM, but uh cold email is a bit more reliable I would say. Um, sufficient, uh, you know, materially more reliable. Um, and basically, and I think that's basically because, first of all, DMs sometimes get stuck in the abyss where, like, they get it as, like, a message request or something, not exactly sure, but I don't think they actually get read all that often. Whereas, an email, if you have the right address, you can at least be assured that they're going to open it, and if it's short enough, read it, and, uh, so you've got your shot on goal and whether or not, you know, they say yes or not, it's a different story, but at least you get your shot on goal rather than what you think is a shot on goal, but really is a DM that never gets seen or read. Um, so the short answer is just go all in on cold emails. And uh, I think warm emails or warm introductions are overrated in my mind. It's like a convenient excuse to... Not try to be like, Oh, I need this warm introduction from so and so or so and so. And then I can, then I can ask. But like, what are you waiting for? Just go and ask. Who cares? Um, yeah, like a warm intro from someone's like best friend or brother might be pretty good. But if it's a warm intro from someone who doesn't even know the person that well, which I think is a lot of times what people end up getting, it's like, Oh, you know, he's this person's invested in your company. You must know him. Like, can I get a warm intro? Um, it's like, well, the guy, whoever it is, you know, might barely have time to be a advisor to the company that they've invested in, let alone like take on additional whatever from a warm intro, which I don't know when I see a warm intro, it's like, I'd much rather see for myself, like a sincere and thoughtful cold outreach, which I would respect and appreciate. To like a sort of lazy warm intro where someone's asking someone else if they can help like get them in touch with me or something like that. It's just like, to me, there's a lot more respect for uh, the cold outreach. Um, it's just more gutsy and like, I don't know, it's like a better move. Um, so, not to be, not to say that there's no place for warm intros. Of course, there's people who you just sort of like, I'm not going to say you can't get to them cold, because I like the default to assuming that you can get to everyone cold, but uh with with the right, you know, contact method and the right message. But um there's certainly some people where the warm intro is, practically speaking, maybe the only way that you can get a person's attention and, um in this case, get them to come on the podcast. So I can't think of a single example, actually, that I've gotten a guest through a warm intro thus far. 113 episodes in, Um, I've had some that are not cold emails where I either sort of got in touch with a person for a little bit and then, and I was probably cold either me to them or them to me in the first place and then eventually decided to do a podcast, but that's like probably I could count those on one hand. I can't even recall more than really one or two off the top of my head. And then I've been fortunate to get several inbound at this point where someone reaches out and lets me know that they would be interested in doing a podcast. And I say, you know, sure, let's do it. And uh, I have a, uh, you know, in the early days, like where I am now, I don't get that much inbound, like very, very little. And so when I do get one, I try to look for a reason to say yes more than a reason to say no. Um, But other than that, I've tried to keep an extremely high threshold on what I consider to be, you know, guest quality, because basically I'm still trying to get my, you know, I'm still trying to, like, build my platform and my distribution. Um, And then if I have a stage or a megaphone or whatever, like, you know, anything remotely close to Rogan or, you know, go a couple... Orders of magnitude below that, just a popular podcast that you listen to. Um, at that point, or maybe sooner, I can start shifting the, uh, the sort of, uh, distribution, a little, a little well, distribution not the right word. It's a, a different, a different distribution, but like shifting the ratio, I guess, of, you know, some lesser known guests, I'm starting to mix those in a little bit more people that, um, could use the distribution because right now I don't have a ton of distribution. And so it helps to have a guest who does. And then, you know, ideally they'll share it with their audience or I'll share it publicly. And people who are interested in this person will see it and listen. And uh, I think that's a decent way to build, you know, my audience. And it's been slow uh, and sort of insubstantial relatively to date uh, a couple years in. But, uh, you know it's always hard to know if you're on an exponential curve in the very beginning when it feels very flat um or if you're just on a flat line that's never going to start curling up and hockey stick up, and uh frankly, I'm not sure which one I'm on um but I'm happy with the quality of the podcast to today, and so even if it's keeps going this way for a long time, or even forever, I guess. I sort of have a a hard time believing that if I kept it up for something like 10 years or longer, that it would not have somewhat material audience, just by virtue of sort of time and compounding and the strategy that I'm talking about. But even if that were to be the case, I would still be more than happy that I had done what I'd done. And uh, there's tons of benefits outside of having a large audience for me of doing the podcast, um, the sort of constant cadence and forcing mechanism for learning that I mentioned, just digging in on all of these really smart and interesting people and their perspectives, uh, week to week. And, uh, you know, having, like I said, a forcing function to do that by scheduling the episodes and whatnot. Uh, so just learning a ton and, uh, you know, meeting all of these great people and, uh, I haven't really, like, I'm not amazing at, like, keeping in touch, um, but I'd like to think that if you, like, I, I don't, like, you know, you can just sort of, like, ping people more often or whatever, but, like, 115 people or whatever it is, 113 so far, like, what, Dunbar's number is 150, where it's, like, hard to keep a close community larger than that or something like that, so... I don't really know, you know, and you can do it with the internet. You just fire off texts and messages and whatnot, but I don't know. I don't really like to, uh, I I reach out to people if I have something to say to them. Um, And of course I'm responsive if they have something to say to me, but I don't like really make huge efforts um, to keep in touch with people. And that's not just podcast guests, but that's friends and everything like that. And like in a vacuum, I would love to keep in better touch with people. But I just have other ways that I spend my days and, um, it's nice. I think there's something to be said for building relationships. And this is not in relation to the podcast so much, but, um, in relation to keeping in touch with friends, like it's nice to, uh, you know, make friendships that, you know, maybe some of the time together was front loaded because you, you know, hung out in high school or met in college or, work together or whatever it is, and then you sort of build strong enough relationships that you can keep in touch for a long time, and, uh, like, just a couple of weeks ago, I got dinner with a friend who was in town from college who I hadn't seen in probably three or four years and hadn't talked to but for maybe, like, I don't know, four or five quick, like, text conversations over that time. But, you know, dinner was great, and it was was awesome to see this guy, and uh, I think that's nice, like, I I like talking to people on the phone and things as well, but, um, you know, you shouldn't have to, like, feel compelled to keep in touch. If you have to really water the relationship that much, um, then either one of your sort of priorities is a bit different, and one of you, like, I I don't know, maybe, maybe this doesn't sound great, but... I just feel like it's nice to be able to sort of keep things a little bit low touch when it makes sense to do so and then get together in person when you can or get on the phone when you can and, uh, you know, enjoy that time. Uh, it's a little bit more, uh, scarce. So maybe it's a little, it feels a little bit more valuable maybe. Um, and you can have it with, you can sort of have that enjoyable and valuable time with maybe some more people. Something like that. But um, back to the podcast guests. Uh, so cold emails, yeah. number one. Uh, and I'll bet there's a lot of people who go after guests with cold emails. But um, some of it is just a numbers game, right? Like, And the other, the, there's a challenge here. Because you need to sort of send a lot of cold emails to get enough yeses. Um, and there's a difference in sort of your target audience or, or your target guest list as well, because, for example, if I was targeting professional athletes or celebrity actors, I imagine my hit rate would be very, very low um, or at least a lot lower. Um, I'm fortunate in that, you know, I'm targeting a lot of people in tech and crypto and these people just tend to be. Um, you know, very generous with their time. There's very much of a pass it forward mentality that I think has grown from the fact that, you know, founders of successful things, um, successful companies or projects feel fortunate for all the people who helped them along the way, mentors and investors and employees and everything like that. And so once they've sort of made it or they've taken a few steps along the journey, they're ready to start paying it back a bit. And the other thing is that it's not just like purely an altruistic thing or anything like that. But, um, you know, there's this culture within the tech world of uh, successful founders then go and become, you know, angel investors. Well, They'll put small checks into the next generation of founders and, you know, maybe the generation after that or whatever. And uh, it can actually be extremely lucrative. Like you go and you start a good company, you know, let's say you start like a good company that makes you decent money um, and, you know, has a good impact and whatever you're, you're going for. But then it might be that you write angel checks into like 25 companies over the rest of your career and like one of those angel investments actually ends up representing much more of the upside uh, monetarily for you, and uh, much much more of your net worth at some point if it's like a huge home run, and maybe it's a much more significant company than the one that you actually built, that you helped to get off the ground and advise the founder or whatever. So there's like real reason to get involved in that scene, uh, and of course most you know ventures fail and all uh, the various disclaimers, but there's sort of an incentive to pay it forward along with sort of a natural desire to do so. And so um, obviously I'm not like raising money for these people to invest in me, but they're investing an hour of their time or so um, on this podcast on which they've seen at this point that many other people have done the same, probably a lot of people that they recognize and maybe know personally. And it feels like sort of a good use of time. And then the other thing that I didn't appreciate, um, going in, cause I'd always cold emailed people for, you know, with a question or for a conversation or whatever it might have been. Um, uh, but much, much less because I didn't have like a, an actual vehicle or a, a stage to, you know, I, I didn't have a, a default reason. Like now I have a default reason to come talk to me on the podcast um before it had to be you know one off thing about this or that like i i emailed um michael burry the guy who christian bale plays in the the big short um who sort of called the uh financial crisis in 08 um and i asked him about like an investment strategy or whatever and he got back to me which was kind of cool he hasn't gotten back to me on coming on the podcast uh i have invited him but Maybe one day. Um, so, yeah, anyway, the thing that didn't really, that I didn't foresee was that people would be a lot more open and willing to coming on the podcast. Like, my hit rate on a cold email would be a lot higher for an invite to come on the podcast than some of those previous emails that I had sent, which were just as and maybe more thoughtful even in some cases. And my best guess as to why that is is that you're not asking for like sort of a siloed thing where they're either responding to your email and taking time to do that for your eyes only, or they're going to have a one-on-one conversation with you and invest some of their time, and you put in your time, and that's the whole thing. It's just a one-on-one thing, whereas a podcast, you know, it's a persistent piece of content for them that they can share with their audience, and they know that I'll share with mine, And so they put in an hour of their time, a little bit on, you know, editing the episode and posting and everything like that. Um, So I put in some time as well, and then uh, that results in like hundreds or thousands of hours of other people's time getting to enjoy and hopefully get some value out of the episode that we do. So it's like a really, it seems to me at least to be a very strong investment of time and I will certainly um, you know, be more than happy to do a bunch of podcasts if and when I start getting invited on more of them. Um, I've been fortunate to go on a few, uh, and I've you know, been glad to say yes to all those and, and had a great time doing all those. Uh, I went on Danny Miranda's podcast, and uh, Lewis and Kyle, and uh, Sam Flamini, and a few others as well um so those are always fun and it's a lot easier to be a guest than it is to be a host in my opinion as well um you don't have to drive the conversation you just have to sort of uh respond and to, to the person who is driving the host and try to keep things interesting and uh be thoughtful and everything like that so i i really enjoy being a guest when i get the opportunity um so the other thing about, you know, just continuing to, to talk about how to get great guests um, from a practical perspective for the cold email, um, you want to keep it short. That's just about the highest conviction piece of advice that I have when it comes to a cold email. Keep it short. Um, ideally, shouldn't be any longer than a tweet, so 280 characters. I'm not like measuring the character count every time or anything like that, but it basically boils down to like, hi, whoever, you know, three sentences, short ones, and, uh, you know, thanks Jake or whatever your sign off is. Um, and you know, keep it, uh, you know, think of a a decent subject sometimes like just podcast invites, usually fine for me. Sometimes I'll do something a little different. Um, and you need to sort of show them in those few sentences. You know, you're not just keeping it short by writing a long email and cutting the last several. You, you need to sort of use the most important sentences you can um, and not be confusing or anything like that. Just be, like, super clear and upfront, so... You know, tell them. I uh, usually say in the first sentence, it's the invitation to join me on the podcast. So, you know, um, what, you know, would love to have you on the show. Um, then, second sentence, try to put something in that sort of uh, gives them a reason to say yes. And so, um, you might tell them who you are or what you've done or. What I tend to do is just mention a few guests who I've had on previously, which sort of shows um, I can say whatever I want about myself. But you can go click these episodes and listen to them with some of my bigger name guests. Or um, I I don't always just list like the big names. I'll list people who I know that they probably know. Like, for example, um, you know, maybe I'm reaching out to a founder. And I had one of their investors on the show or one of their old coworkers or something like this. Um, so sort of be curate a good few names. And I don't like to like list the laundry list of names, but just two, three, maybe four, something like that. And it's just sort of proof of legitimacy. Um, and sometimes I'll link those names to the actual episodes. They click one if they want. And then, uh, that's all you really need. You can just sign off there. You know, you've told them you want to have them on the podcast, and here's some previous episodes for them to listen to. Um, but usually I'll do one more sentence uh, and, you know, maybe let them know why I want to have them on in particular, uh, like that I really enjoyed their book or um, am, you know, a huge fan of the company that they've built or... Whatever it might be, I saw their tweet on this or I listened to a podcast with them and enjoyed, you know, their conversation about that, something like that. But keep it very short. And, uh, the other thing about keeping it short and, uh, quick and easy is that, you know, you don't spend an enormous amount of time per invite. Now there are some that I do spend quite a bit of time because I feel like only going to get one shot, and uh, it's a really important guest for me, and, uh, you know, they're all important, but this is, like, sort of top ten all-time, like, dream list or something, and so I'll spend some time. Uh, You you just sort of have to feel it out. Like, there's certain situations where you want to spend some time. You also want to spend some time if it's, like, a high-probability guest because you don't want to screw it up. Um, If you sort of think you have it in the bag, like... Make sure you feel the deal. But for the generic, you know, average cold email, um, keep it short, fire it off quick, send a bunch of them, constantly be searching for and discovering people who are interesting and like keep the, uh, mental like loop or whatever of just by default always thinking, this person would be great for my podcast, this person would be great for my podcast. Whenever you discover a new person, this person would be great for my podcast and create a list or a note or something where you collect these names and then sit down every once in a while and fire off a few invites or just send them off as you discover them. I tend to do a little bit of both of those. And the key is, um, you know, as with the strategy, you know, as it would suggest you're going to get a lot of non-responders and a lot of no's. Um, I actually don't get that many no's. Uh, Most of the, you know, quote-unquote no's are just non-responders. And I actually enjoy getting a no once in a while because typically if, you know, no one, like, responds, I, I can't think of really a single example where someone responded... And I've sent, you know, a couple hundred of these where someone responded and was like, no, and like, you know, screw you or whatever. Um, the no's tend to be quite nice where the person says, you know, like, appreciate the invite. I just, I really don't have time right now, but um, thanks anyway and good luck or whatever. And so the no's are pretty thoughtful and I just am appreciative of the response. And then, of course, the yeses are the best. And, uh don't waste their time. Like once they say yes, don't, you know, ask them to read a bunch of your notes or be, you know, collaborative in creating the agenda or ask for a pre conversation or a post conversation or basically anything else like, or just don't ask for anything. Like you already asked for something. They're coming on the podcast. They're giving you an hour or whatever it is of their time. Um, they have said yes to that ask, and be appreciative of that, and minimize at all in every way you can, any time or effort or energy that they would have to spend outside of that hour, and uh, you know, be thankful for what you got. That's how I treated it, at least. Um, and so the key with all of those non-responders. Um, especially with a non-responder because there's no, like, closing of the loop, like a no, at least you get the no and you move on. But the non-responders, you're just, you're always, you know, you sent the email and you're sort of waiting for, you know, you're hoping that this person gets back to you and the day passes and it becomes less and less likely every day that they're going to get back to you. And, you know, eventually it's like, if you're two weeks out, there's, like, almost no chance that that person's going to get back to you. And if they are, it could be any time between, like, that third week, and like a year later, if like the one in a hundred case where they say like, oh, clearing out my email and just saw this and happy to do it or whatever, but very rare. Um, so it's sort of, you know, it's naturally discouraging to put this time and energy in to invite someone on the podcast who you really want to talk to and just never hear back. So you really have to become comfortable with rejection And that's probably the second. You know, I talked. I said, you know, number one, cold emails is the key. Uh, Number two, keep them short. Number three, um, and also keep them short and be nice. Like, be kind and complimentary. Um, That's and personable. That's helpful. Um, So, uh, you know, number one, cold emails. Number two, be short and be uh, kind. And number three is uh become comfortable with rejection. And this is important in, in far many other aspects in life. Um you wanna take chances on things where the likely answer is no. Um because otherwise you'll never know what you could have what, what could have been a yes. You'll never try. Um it's the same thing as you know asking a girl out or whatever, like There's all sorts of things where like you have to just sack up and give it a go. And so, uh, you know, you have to look rejection in the face and expect that it's probably coming and do it anyway. And uh, so I've been rejected a lot. And I, I sort of got used to this through, you know, applying to colleges. I didn't get into a lot of the colleges that I wanted to get into. Kept trying and ultimately transferred to one that had rejected me previously. Uh, my first job out of college, uh, I got an initial interview and did the interview on campus and then never heard back. Like reached out and they like just ghosted. Um, and I really liked this company, though, so I tried to find a workaround and uh, reached out to someone in their San Francisco office, whereas I had interviewed just sort of generically for the company. And I think the guy was from Chicago. Um, but I reached out to the head of an office in San Francisco who had gone to my school, and he set me up with an interview, uh, sort of in a more, you know, for that group specifically for his group, because he could do whatever he wants, and ended up getting the job there. Um, again, from this, you know, school rejects me, end up getting into that school. Company rejects me, end up working for that company. Um, and then, you know, even when I was there and looking for my next thing, applied to a bunch of jobs and kept a very high bar for the quality of opportunity that I wanted to go for. And as a result of that, um, you know, got rejected from a ton of job opportunities and you just got to eat it and move on. And every no is one step closer to a yes and just keep going and trying and, uh, in all of these situations, I sort of ended up in a better place than I would have been had any of them been yeses from the get-go uh, or had any of those like job opportunities that I mentioned worked out. I'm much happier with where I am now, and I wouldn't be where I am now had I gotten any of those jobs. So it's hard to be thankful for the rejection in the moment, but it helps to believe that everything happens for a reason, and uh, this wasn't the one for you. Uh, or at least this isn't the time for that, and uh, keep going and sort of work to make it happen for a reason by looking for better opportunities and trying bigger things and things like that. Um, so same thing goes for this email. You know, email your dream guests right away. Um, I've saved some. You know, I didn't email all my dream guests right away. I've, I've got some on the back burner that I sort of, don't want to reach out to you yet for one reason or another, but I've emailed a lot of people, um, very few that I have on hold, and uh, continue to discover new and interesting people. And the good news is there's a ton of new and interesting people, so whether you're interested in, you know, tech, or investing, or business, or design, or art, or music, or writing, or whatever it might be, whatever niche you might have, or niches you might have, Um, or if you don't want to, you know, pick a niche. And I ended up sort of having a few um, just based on the things I'm thinking about and whatnot, but um, in the long haul, and based on what types of guests are more responsive, but in the long haul, I'd I'd very much like to have a generalist podcast, more like Joe Rogan. Um, And there's certain themes, of course, but just like Rogan started, I think, with, you know, mostly comedians and fighters, and those are still a huge theme for him, but he has you know, Bernie Sanders, and uh, I I don't know why that's the name I thought of first, but uh, Bernie Sanders and Miley Cyrus and Aaron Rodgers and Zuckerberg and Elon and whoever else, Um, you know, I think that's really cool eventually. And I'd love to have, you know, athletes and coaches, for example. Um, I've learned a lot from reading books from various sports coaches and admire them quite a bit. John Wooden, um, you know, uh, Phil Jackson. I'm actually reading his book right now. He's an interesting dude. Um, I'm blanking on the guy's name, but uh, the score takes care of itself. Bill Walsh, um, that's his name, and uh, Kobe, and Tom Brady. Um, There's, like, it's interesting in sports, you know. It's a uh, it's sort of a zero-sum game, whereas I think the world is a positive-sum game. You know, there can only be one championship winner every year in sports, and, um, you know, there's the standings, and if you go up to second place, someone falls down to third place. I think in the real world you can grow the pie together and everyone gets better. Uh, and not, you know, not everyone or whatever. It's sort of utopian, but, like, you don't have to put someone else's candle out in order to make your shine more you don't have to bump them in the standings to gain a game um but in that rigorous competition i think there are a lot of great lessons on how to build a championship team and uh you know develop an amazing organization and uh build great systems for success and uh, help people to grow and develop and get better and just constantly improve and practice the right way and all sorts of things like this. Um, and I love sports, so I like reading about it. It's fun for me. Um, so, yeah, I think that's a decent uh, download on how I get my guests, cold emails, um, short and sweet. Uh, and, you know, persist, 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 uh, get comfortable with with rejection and realize every no is one step closer to a yes and keep firing them off. I think the difference probably between me and a lot of people uh, who have started podcasts just by virtue, I'm not saying this in like a cocky way or whatever, but like I remember reading, I think, you know, I have a very small audience and I'm in the top, I think. One and a half for three or five percent—I forget—I haven't looked at it in a while, but something like that of all podcasts in terms of uh, the number of listens that I've got, or something like that. And uh, and you know, the the reality is, like most of these podcasts, they'll do like a few episodes and then they'll just like never post again. Like that's the long tail that you've never heard about. You hear about all the ones that have made it uh, because they've made it, but there's all these failed podcasts out there. And so the key from that sense, is just to keep going. Uh, One episode after the next, I would commit to a cadence of some sort. For me, it was twice a week to begin with for a while and then once a week, and I don't hit it perfectly, but pretty darn good. Like, I think at this point in the year, I'm probably like 80% of weekly or something like that. Um, And, you know, if I'm traveling, maybe I'll make it, like, biweekly for a couple weeks or something like that. It's you don't want to get too down about missing it, because then it's it's a catalyst to stopping the whole thing. But you do want to sort of commit best you can to a cadence with an asterisk for exceptions, so that you keep going um, one week after the next, or whatever your cadence is. And then when you're reaching out to guests, you know, just keep going, keep asking. You might go through a, a rough patch where, like, I felt like when the bear market in crypto first hit. Uh, and I, or or an overall, like the the macro bear market, I, I feel like uh, it got a bit harder. It could just be anecdotal and wrong, but I felt like it got a bit harder. My hit rate on gusts went down a bit. Um, could have been a bunch of different factors, but regardless, like you will go through dry patches, um, and you need to get through those, and you will get through those if you just keep going. And uh, maybe you need to tweak your strategy a little bit or something like that, but. You, you won't get through it if you stop. So you got to keep going. Get comfortable with rejection. Persist. 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 Um, and it's it, there's an interesting trade-off as well. If you care about, if you subscribe to my, what I said earlier about starting with people with, you know, big distribution and high-quality guests, hard to get guests. Um, you know, you have to be, you have to really believe in that because it's going to be very easy. To go after much easier guests, um, that are more inclined to say yes, haven't really done podcasts or whatever, and are just excited to have the opportunity. It'll be easy to go after those higher hit rate guests when you're struggling to get the lower hit rate ones. But you've got to, if you want to keep a high, you know, quality on the pound for pound, um, typically, you know, it's hard to get quality and, uh, you have to really stand strong on that because if you slip and send 10 lower quality you know, emails to easier to get ones that, that don't, that aren't up to your threshold, I'm not saying like, you know, all, all people are interesting and everything like that. It's like you're hiring for a company or whatever, you know, the people you reject, the, the lower quality people who you want to reject, they're not bad people. They're, they could do a great job somewhere probably, but they're not what you're looking for. And, uh, so you need to keep a very high bar on what you're looking for if you want to sort of do do what I've done or whatever. Um, it's been a challenge for me, but one I think I've been pretty good about uh, is like I certainly I don't regret anyone I've had on the podcast by any means. And I doubt I would, even if I did compromise on that bar, just like as a company, you know, you sort of quietly start to lower your bar on hiring and you don't really regret the people because they're good people. But you, you would have been, you know, you, the organization would have been better off if you kept the bar high. And so I've kept the bar as high as I can and uh, try to raise it. Actually, it's, it's a hiring principle, actually, that I take directly and apply it to the podcast just hire the bar over time. Um, and it's really, really hard because I started with the full universe of people that I already knew and were interested to me. And I wanted to have on. And I went after a bunch of those, and some of them didn't respond or said no, but a lot of them said yes, and now, you know, it's like, all right, who's next? And it's hard to find, you know, to raise the bar on what I view as having been, like, an amazing first 113 or whatever it's been guess, Um, but nonetheless, that's what I'm trying to do. So, anyway, that's enough for today. Um, That is this morning's recording. (laughs) Hope you enjoyed. And overall, by the way, I'd encourage you, you know, go start a podcast. If it's at all intriguing to you, just go start it. It's a lot of fun and great value, I think. It's just a very valuable um, hobby to get involved in. You learn, you meet people, you get to produce content that lives persistently online and uh, maybe build a little bit of a following it's just a really—I—I uh, I can recommend it highly enough. Um, so if, if you have a seed of an idea in your head, just start and start before you're ready, because ne- you'll never—you'll never be ready, um, and then you'll never start. So start before you're ready. Go—go go start a podcast. Take some of these tips. Go get some guests. Um, you know, if you discover some better methods or whatever, or some some tips you want to share, I'd love to hear them. Uh, and also, as always. Reach out with any questions. Thanks again to OX Astro for, uh, for this one that prompted today's conversation. And, uh, you know, uh, other people f- feel free to, uh, send me email or DM. Email is jake at blogofjake.com. That's jake at blogofjake.com. And, uh, Twitter and Farcaster, you can DM me. I'm at zero F J A K E. Um, and yeah, that is, uh, that's it for today. Hope you enjoyed and, uh, have a great day.